It's a Southside sweep in round one. Welcome to the CHGO Crosstown Showdown postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Sox win game two, four to three. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. We have a combined CHGO White Sox and Cubs postgame show. We're calling it the Crosstown Showdown. Representing the winning White Sox, Sean Anderson at home and what I can only describe as what looks like a bathrobe, and Herb <laughs> Lawrence, the man in the middle right here. Hello. And we've got Cody Del Mendo, and I'm Luke Stuckmeyer representing the Cubs. And we will have our beat writers hopefully joining us throughout the postgame show at some point after they're done with the interviews. Uh, Vinny Duber, the White Sox beat writer for CHGO, and Ryan Herrera, the Cubs beat writer for CHGO. Uh, guys, uh, Sean, Herb, it's your floor. You did it. Two on the road. Always good to win, no matter who the opponent is. And when it's the Cubs, a little sweeter. Um, four to three is a good victory. Uh, and we came out with what we wanted. Did they play a perfect game? No. Did the manager put us in the greatest situations? No. But a W is a W, and I feel good after this win. I know Cody's a little down over there. I want him to cheer up. His team played well. Our team just is a little bit better. Well, you guys are a lot better. Yeah, so bit, this bit better. I don't know if uh, people saw me uh, freaking out in that bubble down there, but uh, my mic stopped working the immediate second we went live. It got unplugged, and uh, I had to jiggle uh, the, the little cord down here for it to start working. So we almost didn't have me uh, from the closet. But, Cody, uh, just to cheer you up a little bit, I did run and uh, make a quick stop because this is a closet, so it is pretty tight in here. Uh, I did get my broom. Uh, we you busted can't see out it. the broom for the Cubs Push it, here. Put so. it down. Uh, well, you know what? I, Cur- Curb, I'm higher. in a closet. I'm in a closet, so hold on. You know, I mean, you can literally kind of see the broom. Mm-hmm. You can see the broom down here. You see it? So, yeah, uh, I see Cody, it. Now, even though it's only uh, a two-game series, uh, Sox, Sox still sweep the Cubs. It doesn't feel like a real sweep, but, you know, in the closet, I was able to bust up. And, broom. Sean, we retain the BP Cup, too, which is much more right. important. So you got that going for you. Win trust. What are you, you going to do on your day when with the BP Cup? Oh, man, I'm probably just going to go up to Swingers and just have a, a real – or Sluggers, Sluggers, not Swingers. That's a different bar. Uh, <laughs> sluggers. Uh, and, 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 you know, hit some bombs in, in the name of Mini Minoso. Oh, it's good days. Uh, you know Are you what? Right over there, Cody? You guys shouldn't be too excited. I mean, you built a re- – <laughs> this is a rebuilding team, and Cody and I did say to ourselves before the series started, I said, you realize this is probably the series that gets the Sox back on track. Right, like we kind of thought that was going to happen, and frankly, Cody, you look at this game, and even last night, they had opportunities. The, the Cubs had opportunities, and some of it was they didn't come through, and other parts of it was just bad baseball luck. Yeah, I guess whatever. <laughs> uh, Alexander Timothy, salty again, eh? Thanks for coming back. There's um, there's some angry people. Yeah, yeah someone called Tom fucked. Ricketts a fraud and Jed too. Um, <laughs> I mean. Cold. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm annoyed by again. The Sox, of course, score their last two runs because the shift. The Cubs hit two hard balls right at guys. It is what it is. It's not the reason the Cubs lost tonight. Whatever. I'm just glad this bullshit is over. Let's get this over with at the end of the month. <laughs> They'll play two more. Cubs cannot retain the cup. But listen, the biggest story of the night was that Sean. And Herb don't have to shave their heads because if Madrigal hit a home run, <laughs> they were going to have to shave their heads. And Sean, you weren't here, but I'm going to tell you that last at bat for Madrigal, Herb was a little worried. 
Herb was a little oh. worried. He ended up getting on base, but Herb, there was a little bit of angst there. I mean, yeah, I mean it was more that Madrigal was going to get a big-time hit, which he did get a single. I thought he was going to get like a tying double right there to score Patrick Wisdom. I knew he wasn't going to get loose because, you know, I could probably take that bet for the whole damn year and Madrigal won't hit a home run. So I knew my hair was going to be smooth. Look at that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Goddamn right. When when you're growing it out, I've tried growing mine out and uh, it's it's too thin for me to get that that, that much of volume. Gets to a point and it just flattens out. So I can't grow a natural like that. I wish. Shit would be dope. Yeah, and with uh, Madrigal, I kind of knew that that bet it's was going to be a win for us uh, after that flying, uh, you know, bloop single that Luis Robert comes Got in and catches, but then also the throws him out Shit. at second base. Cody, I don't know what you're mumbling, uh, but you got to speak up. Cody's talking about the comments section. The comments section is full of bunch of morons. Holy oh, shit. God. You can tune them out. It is it is allowed to tune well, out the I'm comments listening section and focus reading. on the conversation here. It is what it is. <laughs> They're saying what they can say. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, was, I mean, this one dude just compared Suzuki to your main Mercedes. That's that's a hot take. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I mean, Fucking yeah, someone Suzuki. someone compared Strowman to Vince Velasco. Vince Velasco is in my mentions the other day. This, this is tough. This is I mean, tough. It I get be it. Tough to they take, they won two. They won two. I'm giving them credit. It is what it is. They, they uh, I, am I not allowed to be pissed about it? Yeah, you are. Shit. But it was it was it was expected. The Cubs are in the middle of a stretch of eleven games where they play the Braves, the Tough. Brewers, the White mm. Sox, and next up the Dodgers. Like mm. that's that's four teams that you could say would be they'd be on points bet as somewhat favorites to win the World Series. They'd be in the conversation, all four of them at some point. And yeah, right now tough. they have two wins. And I would, you know, I said going into it, like if you win four games out of that stretch of 11 games, you got to feel okay about it. You don't have your four starter. You don't have your five starter. You have some other guys that are out. Yeah. And uh, you're a it, team that's rebuilding and exploring for the future. Exactly. It is what it is. Uh, you know, much better at bats tonight. Uh, we're spinning the old uh, moral victories over there the last four innings, Luke. <laughs> yes, we um, were. So whatever. I well, the last two innings, <laughs> the last two innings ended on. It was at least fun to watch. Like I oh, thought, I thought game, game yeah. one of the series was sort of boring, and it was it was more about watching the rain shots come through, and all oh, this guy's freezing on the bench, and it was it was whatever. It, that game should have never been played. Tonight's game was a fun baseball game, even for Cubs fans. It came down to a couple pitches that were literally painted on the line. For strikeouts in in the eighth and ninth inning, Foster's was probably the bigger one. Yes, um, and you know I, we did all our. We'll talk about our click to pick and our who you got. But if you had to pick a player of the game, Foster, you could you could point to Foster and say he was the guy. Like he got he got the biggest out of the game for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean sure that's it's shocking for Sox fans. I mean the fact that Matt Foster, a guy who was sent down to AAA last year, is having this early of success this early in the season. He's been fantastic. He was fantastic in that shortened 2020 season, Herb. Uh, but now he actually has three pitches, and Jason and Steve talked about it. He now has more control of his fastball, and we saw that he was putting in great locations in that last out uh, that he had. And we know that changeups major league level. So I mean Matt Foster really developing into his own. It, it makes you wonder why they spent money on Joe Kelly if if, if Matt Foster 
is going to be this good. But it is just the rich get richer. I mean, this Sox bullpen is dangerous because I do think that, you know, Bummer's going to f- figure it out. He obviously struggled today. Um, he didn't have a sinker, I think, below the belt at all. So that's going to be something they need to fix. And I know him and Katz are working on it. But it looks like Hendricks is back. And, you know, even without Crochet, this does look like a very, very mighty bullpen, especially with Dragula Matt Foster coming out, shutting down in the eighth inning. I I, I didn't love the move that he went to Foster, Tony Larusa there. Uh, but, I mean, it, it worked, and he was fantastic in those two at-bats. I wanted to ask you before we, you know, continue with the good stuff, the worst thing, the most egregious thing that happened today is Tony Larusa. After the seventh inning, you've seen Kendall Graven dominate six pitches. I'm like, okay, you only threw six pitches, smooth. You can come back out for the eighth inning, and if you run into trouble or if you get to a pitch limit, Liam Hendricks or Matt Foster can come in and clean up your mess. But no, after six pitches, Kendall Graveman goes out of the game. He brings in the guy you just mentioned, Aaron Bummer, and Aaron Bummer does not have a good game. I first guessed that. I was like, no, this is a bad move. Firstly, you have two right-handers coming up, and I know Aaron Bummer, when he's right, has reverse splits. He's fine, but... That rocket shot by Patrick Wisdom to start it off, and then Nicky two strikes with a hit, and he wasn't—he didn't have it, and he hasn't had it most of the year. I didn't like Tony Larusa not bringing back Kendall Graveman in the eighth inning. What do you think? Did you first guess that move, or do you think that it was a fine move, all right, and it worked out cool, so we're good? I, I think it's fine, especially in the regular season. You want guys to be used to, you know, having the same role. You're going to pitch an inning, and, you know, then we're going to pass it along. I mean, Raylo only threw seven pitches as well. Raylo looked fantastic in that one at-bat against Contreras, and they end up mm. taking him out. They could have gone, you know, uh, uh, Raylo, Reynaldo for another uh, uh, frame there. They could have gone Graveman after him. Slider, though, and then Sean. They could have skipped uh, – what's that? He hung that slider to Contreras. That was a curveball. So I, I want to talk did. about that a, a little bit later. I mean, we could talk about it now because, I mean, Luis Robert ends up running into the center field wall in a dead sprint, uh, giving Sox fans everywhere a heart attack. It looked like he, uh, you know, pulled a, um, a Gus Ferrat when Gus Ferrat scored that touchdown and then mm-hmm. ran right into the uh, the stands uh, out in Washington. But let's look at this, Herb, because Raylo was fantastic in that seven-pitch at bat. These are the only seven pitches he threw uh, today against Wilson Contreras. You see the fastball up there, uh, up and away from Contreras. You love to see that. You see the sliders down. And what he started was slider on that first pitch, gets a called strike, a beautiful called strike. And I'm surprised because he went slider, fastball, fastball, slider, fastball, fastball, curve. I think if he went with the slider, he would have gotten a better, uh, you know, result than the bomb that Contreras hurt. But, you know, unfortunate for Contreras and unfortunate for Cody, uh, you know, that's that's the bad luck of baseball. He, he probably had one of the best hits uh, all night, but he just hit it to the hardest part of the ballpark. And, and that's bad, bad, bad ball luck. But uh, Reynaldo, I, I think, you know, really showed mm-hmm. a, a great uh, fortitude as a guy who has been a starter coming in a very high leverage moment against Wilson Contreras, only facing one batter and getting the job done, even though, you know, I think he could have even had better results if he pitched if it, a different pitch on uh, pitch seven there. Sean's right, though. It's all how you look at that at bat. Like we said, the Foster strikeout was the play of the game. The other play was, you know, the catch at the wall and really bad luck for Contreras. I think it was the hardest hit ball of the night. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was crushed. One uh, of them for sure. 106 Horner miles per hour. Yeah. I thought I mean I thought that crushed. ball was gone and I thought Nico Horner had two home runs too. They had yeah. they had a couple balls that went to the warning track where I was like, man, in the summertime, that's that's a couple rows back. <laughs> but that's not the night it is. You know, it's it's still cold here, obviously. Uh, Robert um, had the hardest hit of the night. Uh, Wisdom had the hardest hit for the Cubs, uh, the 107 mile per hour home run. And that Contreras was like 106, was, right? 
Yeah, Contreras' uh, flyout was 106. I mean, this is the bad yeah. luck right here. Wisdom, 107. Wisdom, 107. Horner, uh, 106. Contreras, 106. Now, three of those were hits. Uh, Wisdom had two hits, uh, a home run and a single at 107. Uh, Nico hit the home run at 106. But, you know, the, the fourth one at 106 uh, just found Luis Roberts' glove, and then he found the wall shortly after. And then say Suzuki had one that was hit pretty hard, too. I don't. Was that the... The shift killed the Cubs yeah, on that one. The shift killed them on that one. That was a ball right into, I think, Josh Harrison's glove. Um, but that I don't even think they had anyone on base for that one. They might have. It doesn't matter. They left I plenty believe, on base I tonight. believe it did. It was, it, was, it was a frustrating night for the Cubs offensively. Um, it, not because they weren't making hard contact. Like, Cody, you were saying throughout the game, like, the approach is right. Um, yeah. And we'll so talk about that stretch that where Giolito lost it, but, like, can suck it. they struck out 12 more times, Cody. Like, that's 24 yeah. strikeouts in two nights in this for series. Sure. Like, that's too much for a, a lineup that is supposed to be based on contact first. Yeah. So that that, that sure. part of I'm it is a problem. It, was, yeah. it definitely wasn't perfect, but it was definitely better than the yeah. night before. Agreed. Um, if you can't see that, then I don't think you know anything about baseball. So, <laughs> Bob. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Again, it sucks. I don't know. We, this one, you know, I feel like the Cubs were lucky to even be to, – to lose by one. The, in my opinion, the Sox should have ran away with this game. Uh, it started off hot with Abreu hitting one off Hendricks. Um, you know, Nico, we keep talking and praising him. He's got a bright yeah. future. Patrick Wisdom, he's – you know, we were going over his numbers earlier. The batting average isn't great. The on-base isn't great, but he's got slugging, and he's – had some really good defensive plays tonight. And then, you know, after that, Giolito really settled in. And honestly, those middle innings probably, in my opinion, kind of decided the game outside of the eighth inning when the Cubs, you know, had two on with no outs. And, uh, you know, we all know what happened. So, uh, despite that, though, they had other chances. They could have, you know, scored more. And uh, also, they had a 3-1 lead. They couldn't hold it. Uh, so, you know, you tip your hat. They're a good baseball team. Cole Gross wants to see him stop the shift. Can they stop that? It's kind of funny because it feels like the shift is a, is a weird thing. Like the analytics and the data tell you this is where you should be playing. And when it doesn't work and your team hits the ball, either where it would have been a hit that in that place, it's like right. you, you never forget it. So I, I don't know what the numbers show, but – I, I hate the shift, period. I, mean, I, I hate, well, it, for, I, I, I hate I, it when it works. I hate it when it doesn't work. Right. It's just, it's ugly. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, too. Say as a uh, hit, hit that you were talking about next year, that's yep. not a hit because of, because of the shift. And, two, I mean, this plays into the White Sox whole, you know, philosophy of hitting this year. They had 27 balls put in play today, 26 yesterday. So they are just littering the infield. They're making you make defensive plays. That's why they ended up winning yesterday. They forced Wisdom to make that play. He ends up making that errant throw. And the Sox end up scoring a run that inning. And then just, you know, Bad, bad shifting or not bad shifting, but, you know, bad luck, honestly. I mean, Gavin Sheets hitting a 68-mile-per-hour floater down the third baseline just doesn't happen. He's a pull-heavy guy, especially going up against, uh, you know, right-handed pitcher. So that's just bad luck, honestly. But that's also the White Sox kind of theory. Let's put as many balls in play because at some point they're going to have to fall. And, and people use the term Babbitt merchant uh, for Tim Anderson, ball uh, batting average on balls in play because Tim puts so many balls in play. I think the White Sox are honestly just adopting – that 
uh, a theory or that that philosophy. Let's just put as many balls in play as possible because, hey, maybe it'll be 106 miles per hour and go off the bat for Jose Abreu for a home run, or it'll be, you know, the third inning. They had uh, three hits that averaged 78 miles per hour, but they end up scoring a run, and that might have been the difference maker right there as they win 4-3. So I, I really do love the, the, the approach that the Sox – have been having and i think herb we've seen a little bit of the uh the first pitch stuff cleaned up a little bit some guys still uh you know being aggressive on that first pitch we saw luis hit a double uh, off hendrix on the first pitch but overall i like the approach and i do like the philosophy of hey let's put as many balls in play as possible it's working and when the white Sox play like this they played for the most part a clean game the players out there i didn't like they didn't score late in the game right there where they had uh bases loaded and uh, i forgot who hit into the gidp but i was uh, like pollock. yeah exactly i was like aj pollock came through he, he get, takes away and he gives he got that the rbi single to get the game winning hit and then when we can put them away for good gidp right there so for the most part, the guys played well. They played uh, authentic, great baseball. Giolito did the same thing the start before, where he gave, gives up three runs, but he strikes out the strikes out a bunch of people. As these guys said, he lost it in the middle of that. I think it was the at bat versus Frank Schwindel, yep. who is struggling himself, walks him, and then gives up that rocket home run to Nico Horner, who this man Luke Stuckmeyer called win for me, and then. Luke Stuckmeyer standing by the TV, and he's like, Patrick Wisdom's going deep right there, too. <laughs> he went deep right after that. Goddamn, Nostra Stucky. That's right. There you go. It was only that because was you could see us. that you could see that look. Giolito had lost it for, like, four batters. And, you know, Wisdom takes advantage of mistakes. You know, he strikes out a lot, but he will take advantage of mistakes. And, and Nico's been one of their best hitters. So it wasn't, like, right. genius thinking. It was – it. You could see that something was wrong. Giolito yeah. had missed a bunch of spots, and then you know he got it back together, and he strikes out five guys in a row, right. and you're like, okay, this is over for a while. And in what that time, oh. the only thing that was working for him was his changeup. That was all night. That was consistent all night. His changeup was filthy. What did you have to say, Sean? Well, yeah, I want to look at his pitch mix. Let's just talk about Giolito and those at-bats because you're absolutely right, Stucky. Um, those mistakes, the, the the fact that they took advantage of those mistakes, that's what makes this Cubs team so dangerous. They make as much contact as possible. They're not going to strike out a ton unless Lucas Giolito has his changeup working. Uh, but they were able to hit his mistakes. And you see right there, Herb, you said the changeup's working. Nine whiffs on the changeup tonight for Lucas Giolito. Absolutely a absurd stuff but let's go to the uh, Horner at bat here and let's talk about the pitches that Horner saw because Horner he's given the White Sox hell so far I do not want to see that guy in the AL ever I hope he's a cub <laughs> for life I hope I don't have to see him too often I know that equal play is coming into the to, to the league next year but as long as he's not in the American League I will be happy but you can see it like you guys talked about Lucas Giolito losing it and that first pitch, he just misses the strike zone with that slider. He gets back with that uh, uh, fastball at the knees right there, but he's, he misses third pitch with the slider outside of the zone. He misses with the changeup on that fourth pitch, and then you know he, he basically makes the second pitch. Horner's already seen this, and Horner just absolutely hits it on a rope. He puts it more elevated. He basically puts it on a tee for Horner. That's a mistake right there from Lucas Giolito. That's you know really an issue here with first pitch called strikes or uh, first pitch strikes. I'm sorry, he only had 10 first pitch strikes out of the 21 batters that he faced. That was Lucas's biggest you know uh, issue tonight. If he had a first pitch strike there, you know maybe he doesn't make that that uh, that fastball pitch because 
he needs to get a strike in a 3-1 count. Horner takes advantage of that mistake on a fastball count, uh, but he ends up cleaning it up. Uh, he didn't clean it up for wisdom. Uh, let's go to that at bat. Uh, the sliders were the issue. Uh, he went back to back, and he ends up getting wisdom a little bit later on the same thing, uh, but wisdom ends up taking this one deep. So the first pitch, a curveball, you know, again, uh, a ball on first pitch. That's not good for Lucas. He needs to clean that up. The second pitch, the fastball right there. He tries to go to the slider and gets the called strike in that third pitch on the outside corner. Tries to go back to it uh, on that fourth pitch, but Wisdom didn't offer at that third one. He already saw that that first one was a little bit too close to taking, so he ends up spitting on that slider. Uh, the, the fastball at five misses. That changeup right there at six, Wisdom drilled down the third baseline. He was super early on, and then Lucas puts it basically in the same exact spot. The bat's already sped up. 107 off the bat. That's kaboom right there. That's a hitting hitting a mistake right there. So uh, you know Lucas needs to clean that up a bit. Lucas needs to help himself getting into 01 counts more. But then going to this uh, the bat for wisdom in the sixth, he ends up going to that same slider combination. But what helps him is the fact that he got a first pitch strike. You see it right there. He gets uh, on wisdom 01. Then the second pitch, 0-2, and then he's got a ton to play with here. He gets Wisdom again uh, on, on the slider and then puts him away on a similar slider well outside the zone. You know, you look back at the first at-bat, that second slider that he ends up throwing him on the fourth pitch is better in that first at-bat, but it's the fact that he gets the called uh, or he gets the first pitch strike on Wisdom in the sixth inning. So he ends up cleaning it up, and Lucas had a really, really great night. Called strikes plus whiff percentage of 37%. MLB average is 27%. And you saw it in his last uh, at-bat uh, against, I think it was Hap. He ends up getting two called strikes off the plate, but he ends up hitting the same spot over and over again. That skill right there. Lucas Giolito is really becoming a skilled pitcher. His stuff is already nasty, but he's finding how to make everything work together. And it didn't work perfectly tonight. He still needs to clean up some things with first pitch uh, strike issues. Uh, 10 out of his 21 again. But if he cleans that up, we're going to see a lot more dominant starts from Lucas Giolito. Guys, we have a super uh, super chat here from oh, All yeah. Love here. Oh, $5 super chat. In my opinion, the White Sox are failures. Sure, they're going to be decent <laughs> in their regular season, but they haven't won a playoff game in three years. Sit down. Appreciate Thanks for the, the money. money, brother, but you're wrong. They literally <laughs> won game three last year. I mean, if you say they haven't won a playoff series, you right. might be right. But they won last year, game three. Larry Garcia, he's on the team for this year and two years after this because he hit a big-ass home run in that game. Might want to have to check that game out. Yeah, it's all, on YouTube right now. All Love has corrected it for free, saying three years haven't won a playoff series. There you go. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I mean, we haven't out. won a playoff get, series they, since 2005, so... They've won, <laughs> they've won two two playoff games since 2022. But yeah, I mean, I, I really don't care. I mean, that's that's fine. They're they're going to the playoffs. They've gone to the playoffs in two consecutive years. That's all uh, you know that matters for us. As long as they go to the playoffs for three consecutive years, you know, let's just keep, keep building on those appearances. The Cubs didn't win it uh, right away in 2015. They had to go back in 2016 to win it. So you know, it's all about getting there, and that's that's all that matters oh, for the Sox. Somebody mentioned uh, in the chat also about. You, you mentioned uh, Nico Horner. You're like, I don't want to see him in the American League. And they said, well, uh, you might see him when they realign the divisions and Cubs and Sox. I was curious if we – have you guys ever thought about that? Yes, every Cubs day of Sox. my life. Would you like to see them in the same division? 100%. No. You would good. get this every day. No, every, good. like, 14 times a year, this is much better than the four they're going to give us this year. Give me this. Excitement. Here's Every damn year. I don't – who cares nah. about playing the damn Royals or the Tigers right. so who's or the, the Guardians? So I, no, Cubs, the, Sox, uh, Cubs, Sox, Cardinals. If we had a – there's nobody – we're not calling Warriors. the Guardians people. 
about a, a crosstown thing. This is a real show because this is a rivalry. I don't care if you don't think so. You guys in the chats are are fired up. Look at Cody. He's over here depressed like a motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> this is real. This is real. We have a, I just we have 130 losing, people watching. I think that's the most that we've had. So, I mean, obviously people care about this rivalry. I would love to see it 14 times a season or 14 times a year. That would be absolutely fantastic. I don't need to see those weird-ass Minnesota Twins. I don't need to see those ugly Kansas City uh, Royals uniforms. I don't need to see those Cleveland whatever the hell they are now. I don't need to see the Detroit Tigers. Absolutely give me 14 games of Cub Sox. That'd be great. I'd like to see, if, if you're going to do it, I would want six teams. I would want the Twins, the Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Sox, Cubs. I'm in. I'm fine. I'm in. I, w- I, I mean, the Sox have a natural Cody. rivalry with the Brewers when they were in the American League. I hate the Minnesota Dude. Twins. They were weird. <laughs> You'd have to send Milwaukee or St. Louis weird to the Weird-ass Minnesota Twins. Yeah. For me, for Goddamn me to, right. For me to get on board. You get this. on board? For me to get on board. You'd Who have to doesn't hate St. Louis? Everybody. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the, well, that's true. Everybody in Chicago does hate St. Louis. Uh, the only negative to it would be what you're seeing now is the weather. You just add another team where you just get miserable weather. We'll be going back and forth, Cubs and Sox, just playing bad weather all the time until we get to July. Just get rid of those two East Coast teams in the Tigers and the, and the Indians or Guardians, whatever the hell they're called now, and put that division together. Yes, give me more of this. These games mean more to everyone. 36,000 announced at the game today and a cold-ass day? Come on now. You saw how many people showed up in a rainstorm yesterday? Let's go. It's it's Michael Givens versus Adam Engel in the top of the eighth. No one's on base, and you hear dueling, let's go White Sox and let's go Cubs chants. Uh, Absolutely fantastic energy. I'm glad that it was warm enough. And another super chat from All Love here, even though he's been a White Sox hater. uh, He says, true, my guy, but if they don't win a playoff series this year, that's four years. That's not good. Even Catman would call White Sox failures. Yeah, I mean, if the White Sox don't win a playoff series, that is definitely a failure. I can admit that. But also looking in the grand scheme of things, the White Sox making the playoffs is a good thing. And if they don't make the playoffs and don't win a uh, series, then heads may need to roll. But, Herb, you know, we're fine with that. It's all about improving the the team. The amount of nice things people were saying about St. Louis, get fucked. Oh, my (laughs) God. That's why. That's why we – no, we we can't do that. Yeah, and to that super chat, nobody would say more that the White Sox are failures than the White Sox fans. Oh, you'll be kidding? all over them are if you they don't kidding win a playoff series. Me? White Sox fans are pissed that they lost to the Oakland A's. They're furious that they lost to the Houston Astros in the fashion that did. Imagine if the White Sox lose another first round after all this buildup. Mercy. Her. Everybody will be throwing shit. I would be pissed. Sean would be pissed. Now, Vinny's not a fan. He's just covering the thing. I but mean, I'm sure a bunch of people, he'd be mad that he's not covering second. more games. Yeah. Wait a second. You guys wouldn't just be mad if they lose in the first round. If they won the first round series and lost the next one, you guys pissed. Because you you know why you'd be mad? Because they didn't add the guys they should have added. The starting pitcher you should have added. The right fielder you should have added. They had opportunity. The left-handed bat you should have added. All which I have offered possibilities for the future. (laughs) Some have been accepted. Some have not. If they get to the ALCS, I say that's a successful season. I would be mad if they lost, but I'd be like, that's a successful season. Let's build on that, get to the World Series. But anything less of the ALCS is a failure to me. I would agree with the team that they have. Yeah. Yeah. But 
The thing is, is you got my, uh, my mic uh, went out again. Yeah, I, I got you. We kind of no, hear you. We did that to you. Weirdly enough. <laughs> uh, Luke, yeah, some people in it. the comments <laughs> were talking about uh, Rossi playing or pinch hitting Jan Gomes for Rivas in the eighth right. inning. Um, some people were saying. Comprehensible, I saw, was yeah, one word. And some were asking, especially on Twitter, I've seen a few yeah, comments. I think people were asking for like a, like a squeeze bunt or something like that in that situation. I, I don't know. Or just why even pinch hit for Rivas? I understood why he pinch hit for Rivas because he's a left-handed right. hitter against Bummer, who is a left-handed pitcher. And Jan Gomes was two for two in his career against him. Right. Right? So that, he, that's why he was going with – it's a small sample size. Right. We say that all the time. But he also – he had a great at bat. He hit the ball hard. It just happened to go right Real into bit. Tim Anderson's glove. Like, yeah. I don't think – like, everything about that eighth inning, in my eyes, outside of Foster striking out Ian Happ, had a lot to do with just bad luck. Because Suzuki, the only reason – I would say at least seventy five percent of the seventy five percent of the reason he went after that high fastball, I'm assuming it was, was because they had Madrigal running. It's not like Madrigal is a speedster or anything. They had the hit and run on, so that's why he went after it. Unfortunately, the ball stayed in play. They caught it, and then Foster struck out Hap. You give Foster credit for getting uh, Hap out, but what Ross what Ross was trying to do with Suzuki at the plate, it's hard for me to even really be mad at the at the call because the Cubs lead baseball in double plays. So, like, we're trying to stay out of double play. There's one out. Like, what, what, do you, what would you have done differently in that situation? The Cubs... I think it's a great point, uh, Cody, just because, you know, Matt Foster's known for his changeup, too. So, if he's out in front of that, he's going to roll right into a, a double play right there. It's just great pitching from Matt Foster, I think, understanding this situation because, two, he throws... Two fantastic fastballs right at the top of the zone to Suzuki. Those are strikes, whether he swings or not. So, I mean, that's just great pitching by Matt Foster. But then putting it up and out of the zone, knowing that you know they're probably going to send Madrigal there. That's either going to be a good uh, pitch for Grandal to throw down to second base on, or you know exactly they did have the hit and run on. It's bad luck for the Cubs, but it's also just you know it, it's it, it's great baseball when you do have runners on first and third with one out. So I, I really do just uh, you know got to give some credit to Matt Foster. You're right that the I'm the giving Cubs did credit a bad to Matt. Break. Foster. Yeah. I just, oh, absolutely. Again, I just feel like, you know, when when he came into the game, the Cubs, I felt like, you know, Gomes hitting the ball hard. You got right. exactly what you wanted out of him in that moment. It just didn't work out, you know. But then Suzuki comes up. Foster gets those two high fastballs. It gets him to swing at it. So you give Foster credit there. And then, unfortunately, he, like, they had the hit and run on in that neck, on that third pitch. And again, there's a lot of credit that goes to Foster on that. It's just like, you know, avoiding the double play, trying to just get that runner home. And it's almost like, I guess if, if, if there's any blame on the Cubs there, it's, for, it's overthinking the, the, the situation, I guess. I, I don't know. But I can't be mad at Jan Gomes. There, like, that's no. what I'm mainly talking about because there's been a lot of Jan Gomes slander. In the there. Cubs didn't lose because Jan Gomes hit a line drive to Tim Anderson. They lost because uh, – there was a great catch in center field. There was a great strikeout by Foster. And there was a strikeout to end the game with Hendricks. Those three yeah. things. Those are the three things you remember from the whole series, along with Berger running into the wall. Because other than that, the Sox <laughs> won on a yeah. couple of dribblers to third base. A Pollock 
pop-up that fell on a shift that went down for the game-winning hit, basically, in this game. And the Cubs struck out 24 times in two games. End of story. It's not like one side dominated the other. It was just, it was really bad luck on one side, and the other team made more key plays. I know what you're saying. Sorry to cut you off, guys. Our guy, Jaxo23, is back. Oh, Three times in two days. Yeah. Another huge super chat from him. He says, let's go White Sox. I hope Luis is okay. The last thing we need is for him to be out with an injury, and it sucks that Vaughn is out. I need this team to win the Boston series and the Yankees series since we need those wins. Correct. Jaxo, thank you. Big Correct. Jaxo is my favorite more. White Sox fan in the chat. Ever. I, I agree. And uh, I, I'll say, well, Herb, I'm just going to jump in. I, I would say, and sandwiched in between those uh, those uh, Boston and Yankee series is Cleveland. Uh, I think those that might be a little bit more important for the Sox right now because they're looking up at Cleveland uh, in the division. But shout out to Jaxo for being one hell of a White Sox fan. Thank you, Jaxo. And then another super chat from All Love. All Love, All love here. He's I, back. <laughs> you want me to I read it? you guys miss your ace Herb. closer, David Robertson. Um, I don't know who you're talking Do you talk about the White Sox? I mean, not really. Um, but blank name up there was talking about Uh-oh, Nick Madrigal has his second best thing is his speed. Eh, he's a 54 percentile speed guy. And if you were watching with the White Sox, you know that man is a dumb base runner. Not, not just bad, dumb. And you saw it today. Even though Luis Robert caught that ball on the slide, where are you going, kid? <laughs> oh where are you going? They had two going? outs. I liked the. I liked him he's trying to do it. He's a dumb base runner. Hey, he's got a horrible baseball IQ. I told you, Cup fans, about him. He's, he's dumb. He's done that over just, and over again. And then Cole, oh Cole Gross saying Robertson will be a great trade piece. Uh, just going back to all love here, I did say Josh Nelson uh, throwing out Herb that the White Sox have a great left-handed outfielder in AAA right now that they could trade for him. We could just do the Blake Ruffer, Rutherford thing all over again. So there we go. <laughs> we can make that swap, and they could get another failed uh, uh, Yankees outfield prospect, uh, join Clint Frazier. Ooh, he Ooh. you're already you're already out on Cliff Fraser. Wow, what a, throwing throwing daggers. Why, I mean, man? Why? On, Sean? I, I gave you guys a gift at the beginning of this year. That's, Cody, Cody, that's, that's Cody, true. That's, that's on me, Luke. I'm sorry. I like that, that magical try to take second base. If 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 Robert tried to, if he had dropped that ball or not, he would have been out. Yeah, but with two outs, you like the aggressiveness. Hmm. Nah. Yeah. That, that's dumb. What? That's he, dumb. He, he he got us into a lot of As, he got us into a lot of issues doing that 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 shit. So, with I mean, that's two outs, no, you you, t- you turn the lineup yes. over, you go up to the top of the order again with Rivas. So yes, uh, no, I disagree. No, I, I, I disagree. Enjoy these. Just, it didn't matter. Hey, it didn't matter either way. S- sit back, relax, matter, and enjoy right? dumb Herb. baseball. Then Herb, Herb, he's their uh, problem now. He's their problem now. He's oh, not our problem. Damn right, I'll be watching from the side of my eye. And every time he does a dumb base thing, I'm like toot land, magical again. That was literally the first time all season. So. Cody, if did, you want to call oh, it. More's yeah. coming. Can we pick up Cody for a second? Did you did you have any bets on points bet or anything that you won tonight? No. Did you have any out, outside of baseball the bets? Thing, the only thing I won tonight was Brewers minus one and a half. We've been slamming it on the bet show every week. Um, if you're not watching the bet show, I've been carrying the show. Um, <laughs> just to say. Well, <laughs> Sean just sitting there chilling. St- stuck in his closet. Um uh, <laughs> You're anyway. just going to let that rest, Sean? I'm cool. Hey, I got 62 bucks off Jose Abreu hitting a home run, but Cody doesn't want to hear about that. Yes. Talks you know, one, four, three. It's uh, we the all Cubs. win yeah. some, we lose some. Yeah. I Sorry, appre- I, I'm glad Cody, you're catching you. up, Sean. Yeah, socks win. Socks win. Socks sweep. I can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, me and Sean dude. make our bets on points bet, and it's the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use C- use code CHGO. When you sign up, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a 
free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same-game parlays. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. I say it every show, at least for the Cubs, that if Luke can do it, so can you. You should see Luke look at his iPhone every day. It is a sight to see. <laughs> he was doing it today. Yeah. Signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than ever, so you can start Living your bet life in seconds. Use that. code CHGO to get risk <laughs> two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. You have any problem, call 1-800-522-4700. PointsBet is a game changer in the betting world, and Strava is a game changer in the coffee world. If you want to start your day with a competitive edge, Strava CBD Coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. It'll help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It'll help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, inducing, introducing CBD into your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava, is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners, can't even say the company name, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And if you already love Strava, you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. Again, CHGO25, that's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Hey, by the way, if you're CHGO members... The yes. deal this month mm-hmm. is buy one, get one half off if you're talking about Chicago baseball merch. So, like, if you're watching on YouTube, these guys have on the Cubs and Sox merch shirts. Like, if you can get that Sox one right now, Sox fans, you buy that shirt, your second one would be 50% off this month. Uh, you go to our, our membership, go in the locker, you buy it. It's got to be another baseball shirt. So maybe you're a house divided and you've got one Cubs fan and one Sox fan. Then you could get the Cody, other shirt half off and you wouldn't feel like you're paying full price on a team you Cody, don't like. Cody, you embarrassed to show your Cub logo over there? Your CHGO uh, Cubs logo? Yeah. There it is. Look how beautiful it is. It's the it Cody and Herb special. Come on, Cody. Give us a smile. It's all and right. I'm fine. Our, our producer, Lawrence Stevens. Is, <laughs> Lawrence is like, he just he took a screenshot and put it on Twitter. And tag me and <laughs> like Captain Grumpy Pants over there. Hello, Listen, sadness, man, like, my old friend. Yeah, like that's what it is. Like, it, I mean, I just hate losing, man. Like, what what do you want from me, man? You put, chose the wrong team, brother. Whew. At least this year, yeah. At least this year, yeah. I mean, they have won a, a like, World Series more recently. Been like this they my did. entire life. I I just don't like losing. 
It is what it is. Nobody likes losing. Why did I choose Chicago teams? I don't know. Do this in the fall, too, when the Bears undoubtedly ruined my Sundays. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't even from here. Like, you're not from this area, right? You're from from down south. Down south. Yeah. Well, he wasn't going to be a Cardinals fan. No. You could have chose the Rams when they were there in St. Louis. There's a reason the Rams left St. Louis, too. (laughs) Cody seems like the perfect candidate for those guys that are Laker fans, Yankee fans, Cowboy fans. You know, you should have just picked all the teams that are winning. Warriors, Duke. Duke. There you go. He went with Duke. Warriors, yeah. That, those could have been your teams, Cody. If Look you, if who's you here, Sean. Don't insult me like that. Come oh, on, man. Cody, doobie, you doobie, the lovable doobie. War. You could, have been a, you could have been a Missouri fan like our guy, Vinny Duber. Our White Sox. White Tigers, writer. baby. <laughs> there he is, the Hi, man, Vinny. the myth, the legend. He Vinny, did you hear this college. deal? You almost got thrown in. Uh, Vinny Duber, our White Sox beat writer for uh, CHGO. <laughs> Is on. He's got a beautiful mustache. And in the pregame show, I suggested that if Nick Madrigal hits a home run, that Herb and Sean offered up that they would shave their heads. And I said, I'm only taking the deal if Vinny shaves his mustache too. And they threw you in on the deal. They're like, Yep, no, no problem, Vinny. We'll shave the mustache. You're just lucky it didn't happen. That's we all would I'm never saying, Vinny. volunteer your beautiful mustache, Vinny. Guys, that's like, uh, I don't know. That's like. Uh, the Achilles heel right there. That would be taking away the source of my power, I think. I don't think you can do that. It's the, it's the Andrew Vaughn trade chip. Uh, your your mustache is a, is a, is a non-starter here, uh, Vinny. We would never add that into a package. I uh, would love to talk to you, though, about somebody that we think should grow a mustache, uh, Lucas Giolito. Uh, we mentioned it after he gives up the two home runs, but he bounces back phenomenally. What did Lucas have to say about this outing? Because, you know, his mistakes were hit really, really hard, but everything else looked really solid for the ace. Yeah, I think he was talking post game more about a team, a team effort. To, you know, he he acknowledged that those things did not go well early on. Uh, you know, those those home runs that he gave up. I mean, the way this offense is performing for the Sox, three runs could have been it. I mean, and, and that, that could have done it for the Cubs right there. But uh, don't think that's obviously it's not the way it played out. And and, and he was able to to prevent any further hits from happening really, uh, with the, with one exception. But uh, you know, he he looked he looked all right to me. Lowered that ERA and. Uh, I think that really you do have to look at what the rest of the team did in general behind him. Obviously, the bullpen was big in picking him up, uh, and, and the offense uh, did what they needed to do, came through with some small ball in order to help him out a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think the White Sox are happy to be on a three-game winning streak uh, after the way the, the last uh, couple of weeks have gone for them from a losing standpoint. So uh, they're going to point to the team effort and, and anything that can get them a win at this point. Yeah, and looking at the team effort, this is now the ninth time in 24 games that the Sox have scored four or more runs. What did they say about the effort today? They had 26 balls in play yesterday, 27 today. Uh, any talk about just making contact and making sure that, you know, hey, let's make sure it's in between the two white lines and see what happens. Yeah, in fact, I think, you know, you look at kind of the way they scored their last couple runs there, you know, some balls that, that, that beat the shift a little bit there. And, you know, someone brought up, is that what you were trying to do? Were you trying to, to beat the shift there? And Tony LaRusso said, nah, I think we were just probably trying to put him in play. So, you know, it, it very much kind of comes down to a kind of take what you can get, uh, hit them where they ain't kind of thing, even if you're not necessarily doing it on purpose. But, uh, yeah, certainly a, uh, a, 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 a quite the dichotomy between the way they score their runs. They get the two home runs, but they also have to play a little small ball in order to get it done. And, you know, look, listen, if you're going to if you're going to win the way the White Sox want to win, you know, championship level winning, uh, you got to be able to do it in more than one way. And they were able to do that tonight. Vinny, we saw a big time catch by Luis Robert in the sixth inning off the bat of Wilson Contreras hit the wall really hard. I saw the wall move a little bit. Any word about Luis <laughs> Roberts health? Did he say he was fine because he played the rest of the game? 
Yeah, Tony said that uh, Luis said he was fine. Uh, Tony said, you know, he, he, he's, he's a strong guy, but he's not as strong as Brick uh, necessarily. So, uh, you know, certainly some concern there for Luis. But like you said, he stayed in the game, got some hits. Tony was more impressed with the, uh, with the one he caught off Madrigal that, that he didn't get credit for catching. Uh, you know, that pop fly there where he's coming in and catches it and then throws him out at second base anyway. So, uh, you know, a couple good plays in the outfield for Luis Robert tonight. What else is new? Obviously, this guy's a gold glover. We know what he can do defensively, but uh, that's something that the White Sox count on, his defense out there. And, and he delivered in a way that, you know, saved the game tonight probably. The White Sox give seven plus million dollars to Joe Kelly this offseason. They give eight plus million dollars to Kendall Graveman this year. They're paying eleven million dollars a year to Liam Hendricks. And it's Matt Foster closing out the eighth inning. What's up with Dragula? What's up with uh, you know, the Rob Zombie fan and Matt Foster? A great performance against the Suzuki and uh, Ian Happ tonight. Bananas, as Liam Hendricks calls him. Uh, but yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, this guy's emerged, right? I mean, that he was kind of the talk of the postgame, really. I mean, he, he said he's made some major strides since the end of last year. He had a little bit of an injury early on last year, never really kind of found out his footing. Uh, and, and Lucas Giolito pointed it out. He's gone through a bit of a transformation, added a couple pitches to the repertoire, uh, and really kind of, you know, finally delivering in a way that will look familiar to fans who watched him two years ago when him and Cody Hoyer were kind of the young, the young guns out there in the bullpen that kind of lengthened things out. Now he's doing it again, lengthening that bullpen behind all those names that you just mentioned. Those guys, the veterans, the high pay, pay, highly paid guys are going to be the ones who obviously the White Sox are going to count on now and hopefully in October when, you know, bullpen takes center stage and you got those guys going out there pitching way more of the game than they usually do during the regular season. But that being the case, you want that bullpen to be as deep as possible. Matt Foster getting added to that list is only going to do uh, that, deepen things for the White Sox. Uh, a good weapon if he can maintain that consistency. Uh, he's been really, really good so far early this season. Yeah, and uh, you talked about Foster dealing with an injury. We also heard uh, heard Stoney and uh, Jason mention that he felt like he has gained more control of his fastball. Did he mention anything uh, about that tonight? Because that was very important in that Suzuki at-bat, that first at-bat that he faced. Did you end up talking to Foster tonight? Yeah, Foster spoke, okay. and I mean, he, he's in a good place. He's feeling confident, and I think that's that's a big thing. I asked him, you know, when you get the results, when you, you can go through the transformation, you can do all the offseason work. When you finally get the results that you're looking for early on in the, in the season, does that give you confidence? And he said it's a major confidence boost. Uh, and, you know, you can see how this can kind of snowball in a good way uh, from one outing to the next where it's just things go right. Things keep going right. Things keep going right. And you're able to, to gain a little confidence out there. So, yeah, as, as Sox fans see Aaron Bummer deal with results that he obviously doesn't want, the team doesn't want, uh, he's searching for kind of, you know, normalcy on the Aaron Bummer front. You got another guy back there in, a, in Matt Foster who's kind of emerging as a weapon that they can add to that back-end group. Vinny, after the uh, strikeout of Nico Horner in the ninth inning, it looked like Liam Hendricks was a little emotional. Did you guys get to ask him why the emotions right there after striking out uh, the last hitter, Nico Horner? Yeah, we didn't. He, he, looked, he looked emotional in the clubhouse as well. So uh, obviously, you know, maybe some stuff that, that, that we're not aware of going on, going on with him. But certainly he's performed really, really well here recently uh, and, and probably happy to do so, uh, you know, in any circumstances. But perhaps some things going on that, that obviously we're not privy to that, uh, that might uh, have uh, made his success tonight uh, even more a little bit more emotional. So, Vinny, a question from the north side. Uh... Wondering, please, please, Luke. Wondering if Tony Larusa addressed 
Any questions about the amazing feat of the Cubs scoring one run, at least, in 70 straight games? <laughs> uh, what did Tony LaRusso have to say about that? Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> that, yeah. Long time, first time, right, Luke? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the, the, no, he was, he was not asked about that, believe it or not. Mm. But, uh, no, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things. He did have a lot of things to say. I mean, listen, this is uh, this, this, the last couple days and even before they got to the north side about coming here, about playing at Wrigley Field. Remember, he has managed a whole hell of a lot of games here uh, at the friendly right. confines from his Cardinals days. And, uh, you know, he had a lot to say about the improved conditions of the visitors' locker room these days, uh, you know, not having to wait out any rain delays in a – tiny closet uh, that they somehow stuffed 30 guys into back a, back before the <laughs> renovation. So, uh, you know, some memories, perhaps not all of them fond for Tony La Russa of being at Wrigley Field, but uh, certainly a long list of them from his long tenure uh, in the Central Division. I can't believe you didn't bring anything up about that. Vinny, I was wondering, you know, we you said I was Herbie La Russa, if he spoke about the Graveman six of Six pitch appearance and not bring him back out for the eighth inning. Why he went with Aaron Bummer instead of Kendall Graveman. Here you go. I, I did not ask him the specific move, but I did ask him what I think a lot of Sox fans are wanting to know right now. Is the strategy to keep running Aaron Bummer out there in these, in these high leverage situations, which again, before the season started, Aaron Bummer was supposed to be a part of that group. These are the situations that Aaron Bummer was supposed to be pitching in. They need him to be successful in that role for the reasons that I listed earlier when we were talking about Foster. They need that back-end group to be as strong as possible, as deep as possible. Aaron Bummer's a part of that. And so earlier, the you know, within the last few days, Bummer, you know, obviously has not had a good start. Tony was talking about it and said, you know, he needs the reps. He needs to, he needs to go out there and, and, and figure it out, pitch through this kind of a little bit. And... I asked him if that was still the strategy tonight, and he said, give credit to the Cubs. He said, you know, they, Bummer did what he was supposed to do through pitches in the strike zone, and the Cubs hit him and hit him well. Just, and again, he only faced three batters. The two of them got hits. Tony credited the two hits that they got, complimented Bummer for getting that first out. I guess uh, whether that's the strategy or not, Bummer had some success in Tony's mind, at least, in getting that one out. Uh, and, and bridging the gap to what was a, an amazing escape job by Foster. Tony's quote there was that it's an eighth-inning escape he'll remember for a long, long time, talking about Foster. So when it comes to bummer, that's the answer you got. I got two final questions for you, Vinny. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. Vinny, uh, Yoan Moncada and Joe Kelly are currently in Charlotte. What's the update for those two? Uh, it looks like they will uh, be back for the start of the homestand next week. Uh, Monday is the first game of a season, uh, the series rather with Cleveland, and uh, it looks like those two will be back for the White Sox. Then, as for Johnny Cueto, which might be your second question, uh, Sean, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. Uh, he might be a part of. He might be a part of that. We'll see. The results tonight were not very good down in Charlotte, but uh, you know he's a guy who. Tony La Russa has talked about as being a guy who they want to get here uh, pretty quick. So we'll see if that's what ends up happening, if he comes up next week or if they get him another start down there in AAA. That remains to be seen. Uh, but, yeah, the results tonight were not good. Eric Beer says you have great breakdowns and that he loves it, and I agree. Uh, the other question was close enough. We see Vince Velasquez as the probable starter for Friday's game, but they haven't announced starters for Sunday and Saturday. Any theories here on what we might see on Saturday and Sunday for the Sox starters? 
I think it's going to be an important weekend, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I mean, you know, if you just go by the, you know, if you just count it out, you'd probably see Dallas Keuchel and Dylan Cease pitch against the Red Sox in those final two games. But I think for Velasquez, I think for Keuchel, it's an important weekend. Uh, like I just said, Johnny Cueto might be on the come here, and they've, they've only got five spots in the rotation. Not that, you know, they could use some help. Certainly, I would agree. Uh, but Dallas, you know, has got to kind of figure things out. It could be a very important start for him. Vince, you know, has has coming off a really good start, but that's just one. If he goes back to the to the ways that he was pitching more like before, who knows? So I mean, there's some there's some moves that uh, might be getting made. There's just some decisions that might be getting made, and I think it could be very important for both Dallas and Vince what the results are in Boston. So Vinny, thank you very much for your information. We really appreciate it. Sean and I will see you tomorrow morning at eleven thirty right here at CHGO. We really appreciate you joining us for a White Sox winner. Bye, Vinny. Bye, Vinny. Brun- brunch with the boys is back. I can't wait. Damn yes. straight. <laughs> Vinny Duber, we'll be waiting for, uh, we're waiting for Ryan Herrera, who's going to be with us just shortly, our, our Cubs insider at allchgo.com. Uh, in the meantime, real quickly, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO. When you sign up, not only do you get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, even gets you a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Also sets you up for the buy one, get one half off baseball shirt deal we have going this month. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We will help you out in case you missed it. Online sign-up available in Illinois. All you have to do is download that PointsBet app right now, register your account, start to finish, all from your phone, and you're signing up with the fastest sports book. It's easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just live your bet life. Do it now with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We hope you like what we're doing at at CHGO right now. Post-game shows. We've got reporters at the ball game. After every game, we're... We're doing pregame shows. Uh, we're a little something for everybody. We've added with the Sky's got a, a podcast now. The Fire have a podcast. The Red Stars have a podcast and a show. So uh, we're trying to get everybody involved in Chicago and get Chicago sports fans a place to go after their games, before their games, and in between their games, literally every day. So um, we hope you're having fun with that. White Sox win 4-3. to three. They sweep the Cubs in this series of just two games, and they will play a couple more coming up at the end of the month on the south side. A lot of upset Cubs fans, and it sounds like we have somebody joining, Ryan Herrera. Well, can I sneak a real quick stat? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, This is a a great from, I think it's Brody Munch up here. Hendricks became the all-time saves leader from Australia, passing Grant Balfour. He got his 85th career save, so that is the most from an Australian. So I think that's why he was uh, very emotional tonight, because he became the all-time leader. For Australian saves. Or is a garbage dude. All White Sox fans. Exactly. That's Thank you, cool. Jose Abreu, for that, that one. That's cool. That is pretty cool. And Ryan Herrera, oh, Cubs yeah. beat writer, out at Wrigley Field. Uh, well, they, they lost to uh, Cody and I were saying that we thought the at-bats were better in game two. The approach was better in game two. But it, it seemed like, Ryan, I don't know what David Ross felt, but it seemed like they had a lot of bad luck. They they hit directly into a shift. Uh, they hit a ball right at a guy. That a, a ball gets knocked down to center field that in a month probably goes out for a home run, and they make a great catch on it. Like they they had opportunities, but 
the Sox made plays, and when they didn't make plays, the baseball gods handed them a little bit of luck as well. Yeah, like you said, a, a couple, you know, the Pollock go-ahead RBI, the game-winning RBI it was just they had the shift on, you know, the right thing uh, to them, and then he just goes the other way. Same thing. Sheets had one the, the inning before, a little dribbler through uh, out into left field. Um, the Contreras one that that's you know you, you look at baseball Savannah has a, a nine thirty expected batting average like that's more often than not a hit. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of bad luck and you, you know Kyle really only a few bad pitches. I think you know he he said that he felt more mechanically correct like he was staying you know staying over the rubber, staying on his backside like you know the, the motions were there. Um, just a couple of you know, that change up to Abreu. Obviously, he just left that one up. I mean, both home runs he gave up were just like, you know, into the basket. Um, the wind usually might knock that down. But that also tells you that they you know, tells they got a, a good amount of it. But um, just, yeah, just a couple of unlucky things. Uh, you know, Jan Gomes hits that line drive. Would have knocked in the game-tying run. Tim Anderson standing right there. That's had like a 570 expected batting average, but obviously it goes right into someone's glove. Um, yeah, just, just a few things. Say Suzuki hitting a line drive right at Jose Abreu. Rivas just kind of got caught up, and you get that, an inning-ending double play right there. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, just, it was just that was just kind of the vibe down in the clubhouse. Just frustrating. Uh, you know, balls a few balls bounced the Sox way that didn't bounce the Cubs way. Um, just yeah, um, ha- ha- had their opportunities, especially right there in the eighth, just couldn't take advantage, um, and. The Sox just, just just took advantage of a couple more opportunities. They did what they needed to do to win that game today. Yeah, um, you, thanks for reminding me about all of those plays, Ryan. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to hear them all over again. Um, what about what? Uh, what did uh, did you ask about the eighth inning and Seiya Suzuki's at bat? With, uh, you, I don't know who, whether you were able to talk to his translator or um, maybe even David Ross, because a lot of a lot of people on Twitter and even the chat tonight has, was asking like, what was he like? Why did he swing at that third pitch and uh, stuff like that? Um, I thought it was because they had the hit and run on. Did they confirm that or? Well, David Ross has asked. I mean, it's an 0-2 count. You don't really put a hit and run on in that situation. Um, no, I mean, they, they sent Madrigal, uh, which you could see, you know, yeah, Ross was asked about it. He said he thinks it was just, say, protecting the plate. He had, you know, uh, was it was it Bummer? Bummer kind of blew a couple fastballs high in, you know, high fastballs by in the last two pitches. So it was probably just, say, Suzuki trying to protect the plate, um, you know, make sure it's not a – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk to say he was probably working out. I know he, he does a lot of post game stuff, uh, so he wasn't in the clubhouse while we were in there. Yeah, I mean, there was no hit and run on there. It was, it was an O two count. It was just Nick Madrigal was stealing the base. Say was protecting the plate, probably hit you know, and then just popped out like a. It's, I, that was I, the I, only I reason think, I could come up with it. Like I didn't know why. Like no. we've 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 talked at at ends about how great his plate discipline is. And that is, I mean, he literally had to swing at it like a sword uh, (laughs) to make contact with that ball. So I, I just assumed. So it's a kind of nice to know 
I guess now. I mean, I know ML the the MLB is uh, you know guys are starting to adjust to him, and he's going through a little rut right now. So it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you figuring that out yeah, for well, us. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's like that. That just that situation is not a situation you'd see a hit and run. Um, but also, like you mentioned, he's going through a little rut, little rough patch the last week, weekish, week and a half or so. And maybe it's really just, you know, say uh, maybe he's pressing, maybe he's pressing a little bit, trying to get something done. Um, so he's going away from a little bit of what made him really successful. Obviously, we talk about him, you know, not swinging outside of the zone. That was kind of his thing the first few weeks. Maybe with what what's going on, uh, just a little struggles the last week or so that he's trying to get something done or trying to protect the plate. And, you know, that's, that, that's all it is, in my opinion, is just him protecting the plate. You know, Nick Magic all is stealing, but yeah, yeah I it, yeah yeah it, it's 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 a tough it's tough to see that because you are wondering like what what the situation was in there, um, but yeah I think I without getting to talk to Saya uh, I would like to maybe we could ask him about it the next time we get to talk to him it'll be Friday, um, but in my mind it's just you know he he had gotten two fastballs high prior to that and probably just sees another one protecting the plate and obviously. It was a lot higher than the last cup, the last two, but I think that's just all it is. Ryan, do you chalk up 24 strikeouts to just facing strikeout pitchers in Kopech and Giolito, two really, you know, elite pitchers in the American League, or or was there anything different in the approach? Because I thought the approach from the hitters was pretty good, but obviously the 24 strikeouts in two games is a, a really high number for a contact first lineup um do you just chalk it up to two good pitchers well I, there are two really good pitchers and obviously you know a guy like liam Hendricks are just you know i think it's a little bit of both you faced a couple good pitchers giolito obviously he's in cy young talks every year whatever last couple years at least um but also you know you see a lot of called strike threes i think it was four or five today too uh which is borderline pitches that weren't getting swung at um, and so I know, and, you know, Ross was kind of asked about it. And he said, just based on the approach and, and trying to, uh, that's about a, a pregame. It was before the game, actually. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I don't remember the exact quote. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, yeah, so he said, you know, that the, the Cubs were kind of just leading in called strikes, right? Um, just that, you know, and you can tell on like fan graphs and stuff, they're right up there with, which is called strike percentage. Um, he said, just, uh, I think the, I think it's a product of who we are. Uh, we're, just, we're just going to have more looking called strikes. If you're going to command the zone and you're really going to stick to that zone, that strike zone, uh, you might, you're going to strike out looking more than you, than, uh, than if you do, if you're chasing outside of the zone. So I think that that is kind of a product of just the team is at least what Ross said of just, they're not going to chase a lot out of the zone. So, but with that comes a little more looking at the edges maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of both and that the Sox have two really good pitchers and Kopech and, and Giulio who are e- able to attack the way that the Cubs, uh, you know, try to control the strike zone. Uh, just did a better job of attacking than the Cubs did of, of protecting the edges or whatnot. Um, but also the team is struggling. You we know that. I think that's 50 or 60 strikeouts in the last five games going back to the start of that Milwaukee series. So um, there's something there that, that's just not working. Uh, and so do I have the answers? No, if I had the answer, I would be the manager of a major league baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's, there's, it's, it's a mixture of both in my opinion, where it's like you fa- you're facing good pitchers and you did 
they did it in Milwaukee and Corbin Burns and Eric Lauer became a Cy Young candidate out of nowhere and he's blowing fastballs by people, right? Um, but then on the flip side, it's like the Cubs are struggling recently and it's whether it's, you know, they had this, whatever they were doing the first couple of weeks and teams could see that and starting to adjust and starting to figure out how best to attack them. And that's what's kind of tripping them up. You see the called strike threes that's going on in the last few games. Um, I, I think that, you know, playing pitchers playing the edges more just in general might, uh, you know, I, I don't have to look at the numbers a little more. Um, but you see like even, you know, Ian Happ looking at that called strike three low um, in the eighth inning that ended that rally. Nico, I think was a, a low called strike three or in the not low as in low as in, in the bottom of the zone. Um, so maybe it's just, you know, sticking to that approach of, Oh no. I think we lost Ryan. We, we lost him there. All right. Well, I mean, you can read you can read all of Ryan's work at allchgo.com. Vinny and Ryan will have their content coming up there uh, tonight. You'll be able to get it. And uh, the White Sox have won this series. Cody's talked about it enough. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. They'll play again at the end of the month, uh, May 28th and 29th at guaranteed rate. I want to point out to White Sox fans that the Sox are undefeated since I presented a winning ugly pennant to Sean and Herb as a peace offering before the series. They haven't lost a game since. So if they go on to win the World Series, you're welcome. Is he back? We remember you, Snucky, very, very fondly if you win the World Series. It's what's going to drive us to the World Series. We go on the road this weekend, two out of three from the Carmines. I'll take it. I'll look back and say, a lucky Luke, pennant. Luke Stuckmeyer gave us the 83 winning ugly pennant, and that's what turned everything around. <laughs> How much did you guys hear? When did I When did I go away? You heard that time when you were talking about Mizzou. Start from there and go, <laughs> see, keep on going. You know, well, I don't know how much. I'm not going to go into that long thing because it was long-winded, but Luke, you asked about if it's just good pitchers versus something yeah. the way their approach is. Long, you know, TLDR. I think it's kind of a mixture of both, and you can see that just in the last few games alone. It was so funny. I, I went through this whole thing. I'm talking. I think you guys are just like looking at me and listening, listening to me. <laughs> All of a sudden, I stop, and none of you make a move. And I'm like, I was frozen. I froze, and I have no idea how much they actually talked about. We were going to do that again just to freak you out. <laughs> hey, Ryan, real quick, any other news or nuggets? There were some injury updates, right, as the Cubs move forward now and they get the Dodgers, it doesn't get any easier. Like, any injury updates you have for us? Um, So I got to talk to David Bodie. I think um, he wasn't in the clubhouse yesterday, but I think one of the photographers caught him, like, in the dugout. Um, So I talked to him this morning. He he says he's doing good. I think April 22nd, I think he said, was that, like, six-month point from his uh, off-season surgery. Uh, so he says he's still, you know, just getting to that kind of ramp up period. I think it's, I want to say it's like June, first week of June, maybe like June 5th or 6th is when he's eligible to come off. Um, he says in his mind that he he thinks that right when he's eligible to come off, he can, um, but that he still has to sit down with, you know, with Ross and, and anyone else, trainers, kind of figure that out for sure. Um, but he says he's doing good and he's going to start getting into some more baseball things, um, just kind of ramping that whole thing up. Um, Wade Miley is to pitch tomorrow uh, with Iowa, AAA Iowa, starting a rehab assignment. Um, he said he's doing good the other day. Was it was yesterday we talked to him, um, and he said when he does, you know, he, he wants to get three or four up-downs, which 
innings, you know, he wants to get the three or four innings. He'll be able to get up, pitch, sit back down, get back up, pitch, sit back down, that kind of thing. Um, he wants to get at least three or four. Getting the five would be great, but um, you know that's kind of a work in process, a work in progress. Um, so that's where he's at. Um, yeah, I mean, besides what came out yesterday, you know, Alec Mills is. Uh, I, I tweeted it out. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think he's playing catch. Uh, no timetable exactly on when his rehab assignment will resume, um, but for now he's playing catch. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and then Drew Smiley, still on the bereavement list, obviously. Potentially could start on Friday if he's back before then, but I want to say it's three to seven days um, that you could be on the bereavement list. So um, that would be like, that would be day three. That would, that would be after three days. I think Friday would be like the fourth day. So he could potentially come off and, and pitch Friday against the Dodgers. But um, obviously, if he takes the full time, he wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't do that, so that's TBD at the moment. All right, thanks, Ryan. We're looking for your stuff at uh, allchgo.com, and uh, good work out there. Wasn't the result Cubs fans were looking for, but uh, we'll be able to read about it at allchgo.com. Have a good night, man. All right, gentlemen. You, man. Take care. All right. Uh, I, I give the floor to the Sox guys for the final thought here on their sweep on the north side before we do wrap we it up. To? Yeah, we'll, Sean, give, go we'll give them 30 seconds. All right, Herb, real quick. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on Gavin Sheets? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Down. Oh, I mean, right, overall I also... or just today? Uh, overall. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Uh, Harrison and Pollock, thumbs down or thumbs, thumbs up? Down. One for eight today with one hit, one RBI, two Ks. Yeah, those are the three guys that are really sticking out to me. Uh, everyone else has been fine. Leary finally got away from the bad luck hitting a home run. But overall, Good performance from the Sox, 4-3 victory. You'll always take this uh, after you have an eight-game losing streak. So, on to Boston. Exactly. And uh, the White Sox can continue their good play. I don't mind if they lose a couple. Of the, you know, Boston's a tough team. If they lose two out of three and still play the way they play today, I would be not happy with the losses, but I would say, okay, at least they're playing at a level where I think it's acceptable, not the way they played during the eight-game losing streak. So use this Cubs series as a springboard to playing better and beating good teams like the Bostons, the New Yorks, the Cleveland Guardians, and then again the Boston, New Yorks, Cleveland Guardians, and the Cubs stay in that month. We wish you guys well. We split ways until the end of the month, and then we'll come back and do this again on the 28th, and 29th. Sox get the sweep on the north side. Thank God uh, there's an off day tomorrow. <laughs> thanks to Sean Anderson, Vinny Duber, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, Herb Lawrence. Sox sweep. Four to three the final in this one. Thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Crosstown Showdown postgame show. We'll see you at the end of the month. The Cubs get the Dodgers next. Who do the Sox have? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Carmines. The Carmines. Good luck to you.